Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Nerds That Aren't, the premier form of the game show, hosted by two brothers and a third guy, only live from Simon's main floor, Adam's basement, and Matt's basement. I'm your father, son of the goalie host, Simon Pazler, joined in solidarity by my faithful squad mates, Adam Pazler and Matthew Menne. How are we doing, lads? Well, a bit bummed out, because our hockey team got eliminated last night, but other than that, okay. Some fucking bullshit is what that was. It was, <laughs> it was some fucking bullshit. I... Let's just hope the jet season doesn't end the same way. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's pretty unlikely to end on a Friday, so yeah, we've got that going for us at least. Yeah. It's pretty unlikely to end in the semifinals. <laughs> it's ultimately <laughs> what it more is about. Ah, alas, if it had been a if it had yeah. been a series, we would have won for sure. But oh well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Even a three game series, we'd have won two or three. Yeah. God damn it. That was. Anyway, Matt, how you doing? I'm pretty good. We went to the spa this morning. What? Uh, what? Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, fiance had a rough week at work, so it's just like late Friday night. It's like, do you want to go to the spa tomorrow morning? It's like, Did you go to like Thermia yeah. or like to a real spa? We, we we did go to Thermia, yeah. Yeah. So it was great. I so I'm, I'm very chill. I'm very relaxed today. You did the it's hot really and then the cold and then the relax. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do the like polar plunge this time. I've done that before, but d- I didn't uh wasn't wasn't up for it today, I guess. But, but yeah. yeah, it's great. I have a girlfriend who likes to play video games, which is wonderful. Um but also going the other way, I have an open invitation to her to go to Thermia at any time and she's not a spa person. I'm like, "What? This spa-loving boyfriend is being wasted on, like, the one girlfriend on like, the planet who doesn't want us to have a spontaneous spa day. For two years, every once in a while, I'm like, we should go to Thermia. And she's like, mm. but, like, the water is dirty because everyone's in it. I'm like, well, yeah, but you rinse off. You've been to a communal pool, haven't you? Have you been in the ocean? Well, it's just like the yeah, beach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't think she's a big beach person. Either. This isn't supposed to be a rail on uh, Kiana podcast. So let's move on to... Uh, <laughs> other things it's been a while i don't even remember the last time we recorded that wasn't like we i think the last time we recorded period was the end of the last of us which was like a, a month ago probably like we're over yeah, halfway we through had, we had one planned and then i had to go and get covid so yeah, we couldn't whoops. do it and then you two got spontaneously busy yeah freaking school people anyway so now we have a lot of things to talk about but i'm no doubt as we discussed earlier uh we'll forget about some stuff we'll have to to come back to it Hey, Adam, did you ever approach uh, your friend Ian about talking to us about Harry Potter? No, I completely forgot. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, we all forgot. But you yeah. know what? Maybe now, yeah. like at the time, I was thinking we'd do like a full episode on it. I think the time has now passed. But how many of us have finished uh, Hogwarts Legacy? Me. Not me. Not Adam? Or not Matt? Okay. That's not, uh, not too surprising, all things considered. So, um... What do we think now, kind of in retrospect? Um, I I mean, it was what I wanted. It was an open world Harry Potter game. Like I I, it was a shallower experience than I would have really liked. But I don't like I don't know what I was expecting. That would have been more in detail than that. Mm-hmm. The combat was fun. Like it it got a little silly cuz after a certain point it was just like, okay, it's literally just fire every spell you have, wait for them to come off cooldown, repeat. Like there was no strategy to the combat. It was just can you spam and dodge enough to win? Yeah, but, it was like, you uh, know, 
it was almost okay. like Elden Ring or something. Like as a po- it, it, yeah. it fought more like Elden Ring than it would like a D and D mage. Where it's like trying to think of the right spell for the time. It was just like, no, I have my build. That was like the spells yeah. that I have equipped, and that I have like the perks to make more powerful. And so yeah, I'm just gonna unload on you. Yeah. So that like, but whatever. You know, I didn't. I wasn't expecting the moon. The story was pretty good. Um, I thought it was a little anticlimactic at the ending. Did um, you get the quote-unquote good ending or bad ending? I think I got the good ending. I don't... I'm not entirely sure what the difference is. A character I have heard there's lived a... or died, I think, is one oh. of the key pieces. Okay, well, I lived. Yeah, was your well, end screen red or blue? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually it's, got it's the bad a... ending, but like to my, by my morality, it was the good ending. So I was like, well, you know, fuck you. But yeah. Someone, okay. Well, wait a minute. Someone died. So Okay. Someone died. Hang on. I'm not revealing someone... who died. Oh, but okay. I, I don't want to spoil things for okay. Matt. Because there was definitely a... I can think of two significant deaths. Two? What in the fuck mine? game did you play? So, Oh, my God. I'm going to message um, you on the, privately on the Discord right now. Okay. And then um, we'll know. Okay, yeah, let me let me just <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it really depends on your definition of significant, I guess. It's like yeah, did I you kill true. the shopkeeper? Yes I did. <laughs> yeah. I, that character yeah, that, died? that also happened. So, so that's the bad ending? That's the bad ending, yeah. Okay. I don't okay. even know what I did to get the bad ending. It's like you choose to release something or keep it contained, more or less, is like the final choice. Oh. Really? Yeah. I, and I was like, okay. well, like, to me, it's like in, a, in an RPG. It's like, well, just contain it. I'm like, I feel like we should deal with it. Like, I feel like we're not just going to pass it on to the next generation of heroes yeah. in 50 years. Like, I got asked the question. I'm like, I'm not going to deal with it right this second, but I'm going to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, that, that for Matt. Matt, what, what game <laughs> yeah. were we teasing yeah, you about working through last time? Was it Star Wars or was it God of War? Have you finished God of War? <laughs> I have not finished God of War. I have been playing Star Wars, actually. Oh, there you go. Uh, more successfully than the first time around. Um, yeah, that's good. Just yeah, in I'm, time for I'm the sequel. Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking Harry Potter. Um, I agree with Adam. I think I, uh, I hit the bottom of the pool pr- quicker than I would have liked mm-hmm. or, or guessed. Because, um, like, right off the bat, I think it feels like it's going to be quite deep. And then... Like, for the first five, ten hours, it's like, new thing, new thing, new thing, new thing. And then that's kind of it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, what what is there is is definitely enjoyable. Um, I would say I have, I mean, I don't, I don't know how things end up. Um, I have some issues with the story. I will say I am, and they couldn't have known, or maybe not couldn't have, but I'm sure they didn't know all of the backlash that would come along with this game but given all that i am shocked that they made the antagonist of the story a racialized minority who are the bad guys just because they are they're the racialized minority yeah yeah and it's not like oh they're taking it too far or they're like they're killing people although they do those things it's just the goblins want more power no 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 this cannot stand <laughs> yeah. um, so that was sort of surprising and is a little icky every time it comes up um yeah. but uh but yeah overall I, I'm, I'm i'm still enjoying it it's uh it doesn't quite have me hooked as it did in the first like mm-hmm. five ten hours um but you know it's still an enjoyable time every time i, I turn it on i feel like uh, in large part 
Hogwarts Legacy felt to me like uh, Midnight Suns in that I kept waiting for it to to become something more. And now that I've gotten to the end and realized that, no, that's what it was, I'm like, A, that was fine. B, I will never touch it again. Yeah, that's the weird thing to me. Like, it, the individual parts of it are so are, – are excellent. I think the graphics are pretty good. The, the story was fine. Yeah, I – I don't know. They could probably could have done better things, but it was compelling enough what it needed to be. Um, I thought the characters were actually quite good, particularly even though I hate Slytherin people, but I think the Slytherin characters come across the strongest. I think that uh, oh, yeah. Sebastian's uh, storyline is, is actually quite significantly stronger than the main storyline, if we're being totally honest. But yep. Uh, yep. they were good. It was fun hanging out with the, the Gryffindor people. I wish there were like a few more just hangout side quests cause, like, a couple, or like a way to interact with them outside of that like because maybe i'm too used to mass effect or something where if you want to talk to somebody you can still talk to them but it's like unless they want you for one of their five quests during the game you really can't engage in the conversation with anybody do you know what i mean That's so sort of liked a little yeah. more yeah. openness that way but like everything as i was in the middle of it was great but the thing that's kind of stuck with me is once i put it down like i just kind of expected that a game that i was waiting 25 years to leave like a more like lasting impact then I would want to like return to it over and over again. But I'm like, well, that's uh, good for now. And uh, when they eventually update with Quidditch, cause how could they fucking not then I'll return to it. Yeah. But... Yeah. Sorry, cause like, and to... yeah. Oh no, I just, I, I was just agreeing with you. Mm. Unless yeah, Matt said like, something. What, what's there is quite good, but there's not a lot and I'm not even done, but there's not a lot that I've seen so far that would make me want to come back. Still a very good time, but um, yeah, I, I think I'm probably with Adam, and I'll, it'll be a, a one and done. Yeah, and it's like interesting to think because there's so many, and this is the thing that I think really dazzles people is that the surface. We talk about it being shallow, but the surface of it is still one of the most impressive games I've ever seen. Like full stop, I'm dead serious. Like wandering around the castle and all that that thing, like where you just see the students interacting with each other and someone using books they're like levitating the books so they can carry more of them out of the library and then like two paintings arguing all that kind of stuff even wandering out into the world people kind of seeing people live their days that's all like first in class as far as i'm concerned i i literally couldn't ask for better stuff but then when you're in there the gameplay is a very pretty version of what i think games were more like 5, 10, 15 years ago, you know? like it. This, it it's like feels... Xbox 360-style gameplay. Yeah, I was going to say, the like combat and things like that and the sort of exploration around the world feels like a PS3 game. Yeah, so we're in the same generation. Yeah, not it's that two it's bad, but it's just like, you know, open world has kind of gone beyond Been gone. Yes. now. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I was thinking about that because I'm looking, I think my Steam number is wrong. My Steam account says 28.9 hours, and I feel like it's a little bit more than that in my actual save file. But whatever. But like 30 hours is not that much for an open world game. I think it's like the Fire Emblem I have like 150 on. So like whatever or I've just started uh, because my girlfriend and I have been watching a lot of both cowboy and samurai movies because they're the same genre. And if you don't believe that, fight me. But so we've been watching those. So I started playing um, Ghost of Tsushima and Red Dead. I started with Red Dead and I migrated to Ghost of Tsushima. I'm, I guarantee in those two open worlds I'm going to clear... 30 hours no problem particularly in red dead right because it's got that depth of something where the stuff that you can like work on maybe that's the best way to describe it yeah i hit 30 hours in red dead more or less playing it as a hunting simulator in the first area <laughs> of the game. exactly exactly like hogwarts legacy a lot of the stuff 
Like you do it and then it's just done. You know, but there's not stuff that you're like yeah. just just going to work in, and this is the thing that I want to do in this game for a while. There, that's not there. I also, as I was playing it, I was like, well, I guess these classes are fine, but if the thing that if this is like the test and everyone really wants like a full Hogwarts simulator, like I still I'm not a game designer, of course, but I I have a hard time wrapping my brain around a way to do classes that would both be fun but also satisfying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I had the same thoughts um, with three houses. It's like, oh, how are they going to make the school thing interesting? And obviously, that won't work as a student. But it did show me there's a way to do it. Um, sure. I don't know what it is, but like, I think that's kind of what everybody wanted. Is you know, like, I want the Hogwarts experience. And maybe you just have to make a class into little quest things, and they're all sort of like field type stuff mm-hmm. um i don't know or you get some like you know persona style like quick time quizzes and tests in class and that you know i i'm not sure but there's there's something to be done with it and i think that's something people were kind of missing from the like student experience because you don't do a lot of like actual studenty type stuff no yeah. yeah and like the the castle is really impressive and you'll probably spend most of the first like five or six hours in the castle, but I would say I after that I would spend I would spend at least seventy percent of the time outside of the outside. castle. Outside, yeah. And so then once you're outside, it's no longer. I mean, it's fine. Like you're a character that can do magic, and it's still like kind of cool. But like, then it just becomes more of a generic, still enjoyable RPG. So yeah, they gotta figure out when they when and if they do this again. And based off the other Harry Potter news that's come out lately, it sounds like they're not giving up on the franchise. Although. Apparently they're teaming up with JK for the show, which is like, what? Have you seen the internet? It almost killed you once. Like, dude. Yeah. Anyway. Also, she hasn't really done anything good since writing the Deathly Hallows. She sucks. Yeah. And even I think a lot of people would say Deathly Hallows wasn't that good. Like, she peaked. Or would we say she peaked? Books four and five was like the cap, right? Four. Yep. 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 Four. And then it was that decline from there. Like, she had a bell curve. So now she's like way off in the 95th percentile writing garbage. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll go. I mean, I was about to say, I'm sure we'll revisit talk about Hogwarts Legacy at some point, but I generally don't know if we will after what we just said. But Matt, you're on TikTok more than Adam, certainly. Uh, (laughs) so I'm assuming you've seen the backlash potentially more than he has, but uh, we'll, we'll keep on the Hogwarts train, ignoring the JK rounding of it all, which I know is difficult to do. Um, Pretty much all the reactions I saw to the announcement that they're remaking the Harry Potter books as an HBO series have been negative. In fact, the majority of things that I've seen has been, no one asked for this. Am I out of my mind? Didn't we all ask for this? Haven't haven't the discourse been for the past 20 years? I mean, they were pretty good as movies and they're classics and we're like, because we grew up with them. But man, a series would be great. And they're like, hey, we're doing it. And everyone's like really (laughs) yeah i think the the we don't ask like nobody asked for this crowd has to be slightly younger than us who like weren't teenagers as the movies were coming out and like i know i did it it was definitely very fashionable to be extremely critical of the movies like while they were coming out i think most people you know look back on them very fondly now Mm -hmm. but after the first couple there was definitely a large contingent of people who like didn't think the movies were that great um and like i mean 
I have had conversations asking for exactly this. Um, now that the movies are done, looking back, I don't, I don't think we do need it, but I'm, I'm not upset that we're, we're getting it. Like, I think all of my problems with the movies were that things were like rushed and cut to the point where things didn't make sense. If you hadn't read the books, mm-hmm. yeah. um, like they relied heavily on the fact that like most people had read the books, um, which, you know, in their defense, most people had, um, but like as an actual way to tell the story, I think a show is really great. Um, I don't think we need another new version of it. 10 years after the movies ended, like, you know, if like, this is not like for a new generation or anything like that. Like, no, it, it was 10 years ago. It's not that long ago, you know, give it another 10, 15, 20 years, then maybe. Um, so I think it's unnecessary. I don't, I don't think it's bad though. I, I'm interested to see. I'm very cautious because the, uh, the big T, you know, adapting a big series of books from a TV show, the last few <laughs> swings at it that various studios have taken have not been, you know, home runs across the board. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see what they'll do with it. I think a TV show is actually a better way to tell the story than a movie. Mm-hmm. Adam, have you, how much of this discourse has reached your circles? Uh, not too much. Uh, Meg was telling me about some of this and she had heard an interesting theory somewhere that basically the, the merit, the, like the way that the series goes sort of depends on who their target audience is. Like if the target audience is us, like people who grew up with the books and the movies, um, then it kind of makes less sense. Because, as Matt said, we've already seen this story once, and it's yeah. too soon for another version. Like, well, if they wanted to do... And, like, regardless of your opinion of the movies, like, they're iconic. It's not yes. just like, oh, that was, you know, they, they were good. Like, you know, the quality is, is debatable, but, like, those are iconic movies. Like, that mm-hmm. is, like, Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. Robin McFarlane is Hagrid. Like, these are sort of established cultural things now. Yeah. So yeah. to like so soon after be like, we're doing a different one. It's really hard to see whoever is Harry, whoever's Snape, whoever's all these people, whatever the music is, it's hard to see it as anything other than either a direct copy of the movies or intentionally going out of our way to avoid copying the movies. Yeah. And both of those are bad. Um, yeah. Like, and I heard talk that they're trying to make the cast like racially diverse and I'm going, okay, so now you're chasing the the minorities the way you chase the gays? Like, this is not good optics here. Um, and, like, apparently Rowling has said she always intended Harry to be Indian. And I'm going, I, I, I might have believed you about Dumbledore. I don't believe you now. Yeah. Like, there, there's yeah, no Dumbledore fucking Dumbledore was one thing. Everything after that is honestly fucking nonsense. Yeah. So... I don't know. I think I think I would have probably been more interested or actually I guess to to finish that thought. The other comment that that Meg had heard was that it might be interesting if they if they do intend to do the books uh each as a series if we at least get to spend some more time with like the side characters. Mm-hmm. Like that might be it no and if we're not so locked to to Harry's perspective um then then there might be something interesting there cuz there are like there are a bevy of side characters in the books that we just don't get a lot of time with. So 
using the series as a chance to, you know, flesh them out and go, hey, what was Dean Thomas doing this whole time? Um, that could be something. Yeah, I would love to see something like this as an animated series. I know, like, um, I don't know if they just call. make less money or whatever. Like, every, all the studios have stuff against animated series. Um, but, like, I think that would actually be a good way to just, like, separate it from the movies and be like, hey, we are not trying to copy. This is just actually its own separate, different thing that we're doing in a different way. There's no way that happens, but... That would be pretty... Sl- I mean, it worked for Castlevania and uh, Arcane, right? Like, animated. Yeah. There's now high-caliber animated stuff that's coming out. It's not impossible. Boy, howdy, did it work for Castlevania. Holy cow. Well, I, Matt, didn't you start watching Arcane, right? Like, people freaking love that movie or that show. Yeah, I, I only watched it, like, three weeks ago for the first time somehow, even though, like, I was the exact target audience. I played League of Legends. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking great, by the way. You know, uh, here's my slow bro review. Arcane, it's good stuff. Yeah, a little late to the pump on that one. Yeah, so like, there's plenty of uh, plenty of quality stuff being done animated right now. Anyway, let's uh, let's keep moving. I don't know which way to go because we got a. I, I have so many different directions to go. I'm just gonna bounce around. Uh, we kind of talked about it actually earlier. So let's Arcane, Castlevania, uh, now The Last of Us. I don't think there really has been like a, a ten out of ten really great video game movie but clearly the band-aid has been ripped off in terms of video game to television series and we're now beyond the the walls people have talked about what the next one is and i believe what's his name chad sahelski Tahalski, one of the guys if not the, the director of the john wick series right um he's committed to making a ghost of tsushima hbo series i, I believe this is confirmed okay. not just a rumor oh that could be cool <laughs> yeah so I restarted playing Ghost of Tsushima, kind of in anticipation, and like, holy shit, boy, that game's good. I got, I uh, paid for it twice because I'm dumb. I got the director's cut, <laughs> which was like, you know, get thirty dollar upgrade, and I'm like, do I really need that? Whatever, I'll get it. And yeah, like the game is just so great, and the character is great. But similar to Matt, what you're playing in Star Wars, it's great, but like you have this like ten out of ten character moment, and then you have like 25 to 35 minutes of riding around kind of doing nothing so it's like if you're a backseat gamer it's like no no no, quick watch this part okay you can you can go back to tiktok for the next 20 minutes okay no no but you got to watch this part okay you can go back to tiktok for the next 20 minutes so in that way it's bad but like it's yeah i don't know if either of you guys played or finished i I think adam at least tried it right i have i played some of it i i don't remember stopping for any particular reason uh I just sort of put it down one day and I never picked it back up. Like, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I thought the story was fine. Like, the gameplay was, you know, it's whatever. It's that uh, that sort of template Ubisoft open world stuff. But, you know, I don't hate that. So, Well, that's the yeah, thing. No, like, I, 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 there's so many small touches in that game. It's 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 got both the impressive shallowness, but it's also got the depth, the kind of thing that the Harry Potter game didn't necessarily have because there's a lot of light touches like just playing the game i remember i sat down and i was playing it when Kiana arrived a couple days ago actually maybe it's a week or two ago now geez time flies and she looked at she's like is this just like did you remove the hud because the game really has no hud like your health will pop up if you do something but if you recall the way you get around is not by like a mini map or something uh you hit the map you select where you want to go and then the wind blows in that direction Oh, right. Yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, it's such an ingenious way to just, like, you always know where you're going to go, but it doesn't clutter up your menu. 
and it doesn't or, put a weird light on the screen that makes it like, hey, this is a video game. Yeah, so exactly. So you're still very, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Autonomously, Immersed. maybe. No, like you're oh. still very open to do whatever oh, you want to do, yeah, and and the and the world feels organic. But then you you always know exactly where you're going. There's like a bunch of little things. Yeah. Like you have a quick prompt button where you can bow. So like if I find somebody randomly on the like in the wild that a Mongol killed, like after I take care of the Mongols that killed them, I like bow at them, and then he'll say like a few words and like I will honor your memory or something. I'm like you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to add that, but they did. But you did stuff yeah. like that is just really uh, appreciated. So yeah, that's a solid game. I think it's going to turn into a great show, but I think the action of that is going to be have to be more of a more of a focus than the Last of Us action, certainly, because that has the if especially if they I I don't know if they're going to do a game or a show, honest or a movie, I should say, a show or a movie. Honestly, if if you can get a couple of the John Wick guys to come together and to make a samurai guy a samurai movie based off of the storyline of Ghost of Tsushima, I don't even think it needs to be a show. I think you could probably do it in a movie, and I think it would kick ass. Yeah. Get, like, the kings of action right now on that one. Or get the guys from the raid. Because, goddamn, that movie's good, too. Anyway, but since you guys haven't played Ghost of Tsushima, I won't linger on that. Let's talk about more things that probably not all of us have seen. Uh, Matt, during your COVID thing, did you manage to watch Puss in Boots, The Last Wish? No, I didn't. Oh, God, I want to see that, too. I've heard it's really good. It is really good. I don't know if I'm going to completely put it on the same level as Paddington. But they were both movies. But even in the conversation, that's that's saying something. I, I, it is, yes. Yeah. So it's got, a, it's got a lot of things going for it. It's very charming. They did kind of almost a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse-esque thing where the action is at a different frame rate than like the regular conversation. So when they're just talking, it looks super smooth. But when they want to be like stylized and anime actiony, they change up the frame rate. So that looks great. The villain, I won't spoil anything about who the villain is. The villain is I've just heard straight up menacing. So much about the villain. Okay, so you know who the I've villain heard is. So much about the villain. Yeah, because everyone, everyone who's seen it that I write with has been like, you need to see this movie because the villain is like right up your alley. Yes, the villain so. is right up your alley. <laughs> But you know what? And I won't spoil the ending, and I, so I won't say how they get out of it, but I will say this. Like, okay, so Adam, do you know who the – or Matt, do you know who the villain is? We'll go in terms of process of elimination. No, I don't. Here. I know, like, nothing about it other than that exists, that it exists and is quite good. Okay, so let me phrase it like this. It's a, it's a kid's movie. So you know the ending of this movie isn't going to be the Red Wedding 2.0, right? Like, there's no way that everyone's going <laughs> to die at the ending. But they're they're allowed a little bit of melancholy, right? But the villain they've established pretty much the entire movie is a fighter that Puss in Boots cannot defeat. So I was thinking as we're going into what's clearly going to be the climactic conclusion, I'm like, this movie has been excellent. The characters, the side characters are also excellent. The character arts that everyone goes on are excellent. The animation, the music, the villain's theme still lives rent-free in my head. Everything about it has been firing on all cylinders, but it it would flub the landing for me if, because of plot armor, Puss manages to just beat this villain in a fight. It wouldn't make sense. It's almost like a Thanos situation, right? Like if, at the end, Captain America just 1v1 Thanos, you'd be like, I mean, good for him. He's the main character, I guess. But it wouldn't feel right. (laughs) And so the way they resolve it is not through Puss just becoming 
god tier. Let's put it like that. I was very happy with the way they that was like my biggest concern, and then they absolutely stuck the landing. So Cheese oh, Whiz, that movie's good. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And like so I don't know if it's still there. I maybe I don't know if Matt, you still have the link, but someone just uploaded it all in HD on Twitter. <laughs> like in not even in separate clips. They just uploaded the whole movie. I shouldn't have said that. No, the Twitter yeah, people are going to come for me. That, that's actually, the, the Twitter is why I didn't originally watch it, because I couldn't figure out how to get the like Twitter HUD to go away. Uh, and I was doing it. it on my phone at the time, so it takes up like half the screen. And I was like, I can't deal with this through a whole movie. And then I forgot after that. Shit. So it's half on Twitter, half on me. Well, that happens. Okay, let's let's move on. to Let's go through our movie quickfire round, because I, I don't know if Adam has seen any of these. Adam, have you seen a movie that came out in the last six months within the last six months? uh no perfect okay i mean it'd be weird if you watch something that came out in the last six months more than six months ago so yeah. i don't know why i needed to phrase it so specifically that like an that. insider yeah we got the inside scoop here. he's the make-a-wish kid that got to see batman or something yeah anyway so uh we all we all got guardians coming out next month and with the way we're recording the next time we record might be genuinely our guardians of the galaxy 3 review episode yeah Actually, I'm going to get up all – because now that uh, – I think Ant-Man was the first movie of Phase 5. I want to kind of take a look back at, at Phase 4. But has anybody else seen Ant-Man? No. Yes? No. I heard it was trash, but I, w- I still would see it anyway. Yeah. Have uh, – what about um, the Marvels trailer? Have we seen the Marvels trailer? I did no. see that. Okay. Well, that's something. Yeah, so Ant-Man, we saw it at opening night or close to opening night, and literally it was the first, I wouldn't say trash, like I've definitely seen a lot of movies that were worse, but it was the first Marvel movie where I actually genuinely did not succeed at turning my brain off and enjoying it. Even the ones that, like, in retrospect, we didn't think were great. Like, I genuinely liked Eternals. Black Widow just kind of happened, but I didn't think it was, like, I was in the moment I was like, yeah, you know, like, whatever. Uh, and then Love and Thunder, I also had a good time with it for all its faults. And then later on, I was like, Ugh. but yeah, yeah. Ant Man was the first one where <laughs> I left it. I'm like, I didn't have fun in that movie. Oh no! So I like thought it was like a me problem, but it's not. Clearly, the, yeah. the world has spoken and consensus about this one. But like, dang it! <laughs> I don't, but I also I mean, don't want to spoil anything. It, so correct me if I'm wrong, but this one is also supposed to be quite important to like the overall like MCU story. Is yeah, because Kang's like so the that's, main villain. That's pretty unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's probably a, a way... I, I feel like I had more coherent thoughts about it more at the time, but it just kind of like slipped slipped out of my memory. But yeah, there's, there's probably a way to introduce Kang where he makes more sense. But at the same time, again, without spoiling it or also maybe to spoil it ever so slightly because you guys haven't seen it yet. But like Kang is the main villain of this movie and he's sort of defeated in this movie. Maybe the best what? way. To, I mean, it's such a, it's not a great movie, so I, I won't feel too bad saying that. But like, Ant Man successfully bests Kang in this movie. And that just, if you want to set up your like next Uber villain, that's just not the way to do it, right? Like, you need, he needs to like thoroughly trounce Ant Man, and maybe Ant Man like gets away, like just barely. It's like, okay, but like, <laughs> we need to go back and like yeah. prepare for the next yeah. five movies as to or, how to do with this Thanos guy. Or do the Thanos thing where you like only barely scraped by by the skin of your teeth, and then it turns out that was just like the underlings, and it's like, oh my god, yeah. what's the real bot like big bad like? Yeah, and they could still 
do that because they've established in Loki clearly, right? That like Ant Man uh, or that like Kang is just one of you know billions of Kangs Many. across the multiverse. Yeah, right. So they could still yeah, say but like if Ant Man can one v one a Kang, you know exactly. Like, I like you know, Thor's there, I'm sure yeah. there are stronger <laughs> Kangs, but like you know there are the Avengers, so it's like it's very believable that they could beat him if you know one of his I'm assuming still somewhat threatening versions, um, you know, is just defeated. Basically, by one one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, not the best way to start off a, your major villain. Ex- it, yeah, this and like the entire time I was watching it, like the basically they use the quantum realm as if it's it's almost a Star Wars movie. Like they use the quantum realm to just take you into like another universe, but like and then they get bigger and smaller. They use their powers in there, and so pretty much the entire time I was watching, I'm like, I think this would just be like full stop a better movie if it was Loki doing this, like Ant Man. I don't think is like good for this type of stuff. I like him doing the heist type of things because he he had a genre that no other Avenger had, and that was pretty cool. And like break into a place and steal some stuff. Yeah, and like, and, and there was, it was the good thesis right there. When you uh, it, and it was a good way to mix practical effects with CGI for Ant Man because then you could have like a lot yeah. of those little gags, right? Like him, like in the first movie. The- Oh, the they have that um, and, the, yeah oh. the the train scene right where they're fighting on Thomas the Tank <laughs> Engine. So good. That's really good stuff, and you can't get any of that in this movie because they're in the quantum realm. And this is something that I've yeah. tried to explain to my girlfriend, and I would love to try to explain to you guys, but you haven't seen it. But I'm going to try anyway. It's been like bugging me for a month and a half or whenever the last time I saw that movie was. Uh, they go to the quantum realm, so they're shrinking. But in the very first scene, Scott stops himself from like going to the quantum realm by like landing on a rock. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, wait a second. Like, I know they have to shoot it visually. Like they're going through a tube, but to an outsider, they're just shrinking. So hitting a rock wouldn't stop you from shrinking. Maybe. I don't know. The Ant-Man movies more than all of them. Like we rewatched the first two in preparation for the third one. And I think they more than any of the other ones fall apart under even the slightest scrutiny. Like Matt, I think I sent a snap to the, uh, the group text i'm like is scott a professional criminal or not i still do not have a definitive yeah, answer yeah, i remember that because they talk about him like he is but then when they're telling his backstory it's like man he worked for this he worked for this uh this company he was like a programmer and then he found out they were robbing from people and then he robbed the company and gave up the money and it's like that's good but that means he was a programmer who robbed once not a professional thief these are very like he just did an office space is basically what you're saying this is not Avengers material. Whatever. Yeah, this isn't like our, our master like spy thief that we need to bring in. Man, just get Black Widow. She'll do a better job. Exactly. You have spies on the team. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, and I know I know like the you know, the quantum realm's obviously a big part of, of Ant Man and all that. And you know even in real life, shit gets weird when you get, you know, down to that level of stuff. So I understand why they're doing things the way they are, but on the other hand, I don't know if Ant-Man is, like, the right call for your, like, weird space-time multiverse stuff. Like, if you if you asked Rant, like, Joe Schmo on the street, it's like, hey, it's a new MCU movie, and it's all about, like, weird dimension things. Like, who do you think is in it? You know, it, Doctor Strange. Like, probably Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange. Like, Ant-Man is very far down that list. Yeah. Even though I understand this is, like, a big part of his thing. You know, it's like, I think they probably had something with the heist stuff. And, like, I I don't know that, no offense to anyone involved, but I don't know that people care enough about Ant-Man to really get on board with all this, like, 
grand stuff going on like i think it's probably better suited as like a fun sort of action heist comedy type thing Uh who then comes in for the avengers movies i don't know if it's the best choice to uh you know be like you know launching your villain for the whole next you know five years or whatever yeah and like because it because the movie like it's a pretty long movie actually and it basically entirely takes place in the quantum realm um, because of that, they basically get jumanji at the very beginning. I think the scene is even in the trailer, right? Where they're, like, they send a two-way rate. And by the way, like, Hope just becomes, not Hope, uh, his daughter Cassie is, like, a super genius. I think we talked about, we were talking about Wakanda forever. Or just like, okay, so now these are, like, a dime a dozen. Like, the whole Tony Stark built this in a cave yeah. of the pile of scraps thing is not important. Because uh, what's her dick from uh, Wakanda forever is doing crazy shit and... Uh, so is now Cassie, you know, like, okay, fine. So she sets up, like, a two-way radio, basically, to map, like, with sonar of the quantum realm, which is insane. Uh, and I'll get to that in a second. But then they all get, like, jumanji and sucked in. So consequently, you also don't get to see some of their fun side characters, namely, like, Luis and the other uh, felons, right? And, like, that was one of the highlights of both of the first two movies, where they do that crazy, stupid fine, right? The scene where he's, like, telling a yeah. story through somebody. Like, Michael Pena is a... Oh, that Very was important part of those first two movies. So it's a real yeah, shame it to miss them. But yeah, like what, but this is the sort of thing where it's like they start off one way. And yeah, obviously things are allowed to evolve, but I feel like it's become something entirely different at that point. And it's like the things that were important in the first movie are now more or less completely irrelevant. You know, like just interesting characters, like what the MCU sort of built itself on. It's like, yeah, Michael Pena, I forget his actual character's name, but like Louis, he's not important to the quantum realm or the Avengers or whatever, but he was a great part of that movie and he was important to Scott. And But those things just sort of all get lost on the wayside when you go into this all cosmic spacey stuff. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but like certainly coming out of, and like when we had, basically, I mean, there were a couple movies in between, but we sort of went like back to back to back like Civil War kind of rolled into Infinity War, kind of rolled into Endgame. And then even when you take something like uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home, because like we had so many movies were just like this large collection of people that then when you watch something like um, Thor or Doctor Strange, well, not just Doctor Strange as much, but certainly Thor, Black Panther, and then Ant-Man, you're reminded like, oh yeah, like, there are the side characters in each of these franchises that like aren't Avengers side characters, but it is an Ant-Man side character. So now we have to see them. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but we do like, yeah, they were an important part like of the story. For the yeah, movie. exactly. Like what's those characters up to? So yeah, but like, here's the thing that like is still annoying me and I'm, you can tell it's annoying me because I'm saying like too much. What the fuck is the quantum realm? So when I first watched it yeah. again, brain off, <laughs> And I don't need, like, a, a scientific explanation. I just need a basic one. But the first time I watched it, Brain Off, I was like, they shrunk down, and, like, there's basically a universe under this universe, and, like, that's kind of where it is. And I was like, well, you know, that doesn't entirely make sense. And I, But then it's like, okay, so maybe it's, like, it's they shrink down, and they shrink so small, they, like, slip between. Like, the quantum realm was, like, the space between universes. Is that, like, is that what it is? But then why are they traveling? Because in Avengers, they go down, like, to other tunnels. So, uh, yeah, I really don't still, to this day, have a good grasp on the quantum realm. And it seems to be more and more important, like, by the day. So, do you guys It seems like one of those things grasp? where, like, it's so weird and, like, the rules are so kind of, you know, can be whatever we want them to be. That it's an easy 
just like oh it's a quantum realm thing for like any issue that might come up in a movie you know yeah it's like yeah. oh someone someone we need someone to be dead but like not really they're in the quantum realm we need someone to come back to life they were in the quantum realm the whole time you know it yeah i mean you know who knows i, I doubt they're actually going to do that but it, it can you can see how it can definitely be used as just a cure-all for whatever issue they need to to handle yeah, like, at least in the first Ant-Man movie, it was like, okay, this is... It was not so much a place as it was a risk of using their powers. Yeah. And and then and what's-her-name getting trapped there was, like, the whole thing. And then in the second one, which, you know, wasn't a great movie, but at least it was... It, the whole point was, we're doing this thing that's supposed to be impossible and bringing her back. And it's like, okay, and now we can just go there whenever we want? That's not yeah. how this works. It's sort of That's like how any of this works. The original way it was described was almost like the like the fifth layer in Inception or something, right? Like it's something that you do. Yeah. We know how to get there, but we don't really know how to get back, and so you don't want to get there because you might get stuck and like everything's just really wonky yeah. down there. And even in that first, that's actually a like, very good description. That's isn't she like description. shrinking forever? So shouldn't she like die of starvation, or does her stomach continue to shrink forever? But yeah, that's how I kind of saw it, and they keep breaking that down more and more each time. And I don't think this movie does any particular favors. And even that, like, I'm a person. I can deal with a lot of CGI. I think I have a lot more tolerance for some of the Marvel, the things that are now becoming Marvel tropes than the average person. And even in this one, I was like, whew, I am just begging. Like, when I started watching Andor, and, like, I understood now why everyone fucking loves that movie. Because it's just like, wow, are these actual set? Is that grass? Is that real grass you're walking on? <laughs> it just feels so refreshing after watch a lot of these things and like i said i got a pretty darn high tolerance but let's uh let's move on from that to something that only matt's seen and that's the D D movie yeah matt what did you think of that honor among thieves it was pretty good it didn't blow me away but i had a very good time with it um and you know i, I enjoyed it enough that we're like making a point to go and see it again with my D D group hmm. which like has to be the ideal way to watch that movie yeah oh yeah um but yeah, the the characters were were a lot of fun. They were all really likable. I'm not a Chris Pine fan at all, but I thought he was great in this. What? Um, yeah, I, he was he was very good. Sorry, that's not me he being was... surprised that he's good. That's oh. me being surprised that you're not a Chris <laughs> Pine fan because I feel like of all the Chris's, I think he's probably the best actor. Like I, I don't have the fondest feelings for him because I'm so fond of the other Marvel Chris's. But if I had to pick one of those Chris's for like a film. It would probably be Pine. I, I mean, mean, he's like the best it, part it, of it, even the Wonder Woman too. Well, okay, yeah, but like you saw the new Star Treks, right? Once. Okay, well, they were awful, and he was awful in them. Oh man, a lot of it. I thought they were like fine. They just weren't. They weren't what you wanted them to be. But like they they hit a different audience, hit that Fast and the Furious audience because they were t too actiony, right? But I think those aren't remembered that terribly. But I I don't know. I thought that like. In terms of capital but A, I, I mean, I agree with you in terms of of 1980, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and just even the first uh, Wonder Woman. I thought he did a real good job there too. Or that modern classic, uh, "Don't Worry, Darling," right? Chris Pine. What? <laughs> Matt knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm gonna Google if there's literally anything else I've ever seen him in. I think I've seen him in Wonder Woman and the first two Star Treks. I didn't see the one that was apparently the best one. Um, but yeah, it's not that like, I think he's a bad actor or anything. I just haven't really seen him anything that I, that I like really liked the movie. So there's no just like positive, um, 
you Into know, the Spider Verse. He was him. the original Peter Parker in Into the Spider Verse. I mean, no, that's not him. Uh, was he really? Yeah, he was like the cool Peter. That, was... that, Mi- that Miles. No, no, no. He like not the. He was the one that died. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that. I didn't know those are voiced by different people. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's like the guy from uh, New Girl is Fat yeah, Spider. Jake Johnson. And he does a great job, yeah. And then obviously yeah. Miles is voiced by it, but he was the the original Spider-Man that's like, you know, running on all cylinders. Chris Pine. Yeah, oh, okay. He I does a great job there. voiced by different people. Yeah, he was very good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Nothing against his acting. I just, yeah. you know, he's never been anything I particularly liked, I guess, except for Into the Spider-Verse and now this. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I, I thought it was quite good. The the script isn't like the greatest thing in the world. Um, you know, and I find any scene that is just characters talking where you would have like just interesting conversations, little character moments, that kind of falls flat. There's not a whole lot there. Um, but it's quite funny. The action is very good. The action is much better than I expected it to be. Um, there, are, uh, there are enough references that you are kind of rewarded if you have played D&D and know a little bit about it, but not so many that it's just like they're shoving things in your face. Um, yeah, it, it, it was it was a fun time. It's not like a great film by any means, but like you'll go and, and have fun. It was, it was a good time. Well, good. Speaking of good time, but none of us have seen it, I don't think. Uh, but apparently the Mario movie is pretty good. I've been planning to get to that. Although apparently Nintendo announced that like next month it's going to be on streaming services. So it's probably yeah, they, a, a like May 7th. I or might just wait like for that. that. It's then. pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. A ton of people are like, well, because I guess they figure, well, we made the, they made half a billion already from all the that's what that's what you could do when your uh, film is targeted to mostly kids who are not patient enough to wait the extra month. Yeah. Then they like, well, we need to go see it now. But yeah, apparently that's pretty well. And good. it's the perfect kind of thing where like everybody likes Mario, right? Like even if Mario isn't your favorite thing, like everybody likes Mario, you know, yeah. like gamers like us are going to want to go see it because it's a video game movie that like act doesn't look like hot garbage. And so like, we'll go see it. And then kids are going to go see it because kids love Mario and their parents get dragged along with them. And then if their parents are gamers, they would just want to go anyway. Like this, it really kind of does appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. Very universal movie. Good for them. And apparently uh, everything I've seen is that like everyone's pretty good. And then Jack Black steals the show. And like, I know there's a thing on TikTok particularly. And oh my God, I'm a 30 year old saying that sentence. But uh, they've been reposting his song, I guess. And every time I see it, I, I stop it immediately. I'm like, no, I want I want this to hit me fresh. <laughs> I, I want to know what it really feels like. I need to go in unsullied. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've heard great things about Jack Black as Bowser, which, like, when the cast was first announced, I think most of it was just like, eh. But Jack Black as Bowser was, like, the one thing I think most people were agreed on was going to be pretty great, and turns out it is. So yeah. I'm, I'm super looking forward to seeing it. And apparently, also, apparently it is the highest... Uh, grossing animated movie? Yeah. 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 And it's it's the highest grossing movie so far this year. So, I mean, wow. we're that, that far into the year, but still. That's crazy. I mean, it beats like whatever. Yeah. I mean, the most recent DC release was Shazam. And we'll talk about that in a second. And the most recent Marvel release was uh, Ant-Man. So, yeah. it's and up and, well, we'll see if Guardians can beat it. Guardians yeah. has got a real chance, I think. Um, and that's next month. But, yeah. Good for good for them. And we all like were worried at the beginning. Remember, there was a big internet outcry. Like, how could you get... Charles Martinet not voicing Mario, and I think everyone, including apparently Charles, agreed. I even thought this back then, brush my own shoulder. It's like you wouldn't want to hear that voice for two hours. I'm sorry. 
But no. then there was the Woo-hoo! the thought was that he wasn't in the movie at all originally, and that that made some people upset. But he is, he is indeed in the movie. He's got a small role. Oh, good. good for him. Get his paycheck. He deserves it. Yeah. And apparently, yeah, people don't have a huge problem with Chris Pratt. He worked. Go figure. Movie star can do movie star things. Who what? knew? So, speaking of what I just mentioned, uh, Shazam 2. Has anyone hung out with the shazam lately? No. I have not. I still haven't even seen the first one. Okay. Oh, you so, didn't see the first one. Yeah, fix, I know. fix yeah. that one immediately. <laughs> because the first one is genuinely uh, really fantastic. But feel free not to pay attention to the end credits because... It's going to go down in history with the ones from Black Adam, and I'm sure there's a couple other ones as end credits that went absolutely nowhere because they Aww. tease a, a villain that is not the villain of this second one. <laughs> I mean, it was just oh, like right, a movie that did. happened. Yeah, they, 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 it was it was just a movie that happened for two hours. I think when it finished, I turned to Kian, I was like, that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. There was action sequences, characters spoke, you know, it, it had all the movie things. <laughs> uh, but, like... The problem is Shazam is always going to be next to impossible to make more than once because Asher Angel, the guy who played Billy, wasn't that young before, right? Like I feel in the comics, Billy is like a kid kid and he was like 15 or 16 in the previous one. And they say in this one that he's turning 18 in a couple months. So I'm like, you have essentially an adult turning into just a larger adult. It's like it's (laughs) the, the... The trick doesn't work quite as well. And the first one just had, I mean, the first one's got all these great moments and a lot of heart in it that I think second one tries to do. uh, But yeah, just just fell a little flat, which, I mean, kind of makes sense. They probably didn't put too much work into it after they found out that once James James Gunn was going to be in charge, like, you know, may as well release it and get some money out of it. No reason to to cancel it, but they're probably not going to put too much polish on that bad boy. Now that you know it's, it's all going down the tubes, right? Wait, what? Yeah, if you know, I mean, if you know right off the bat that uh, the ending isn't isn't a destination you want to arrive at, I mean, James Gunn is a little bit easier. I don't know if the, I think the implication is, as far as I could tell, that the Flash movie, who everyone says who's seen it, like in the early previews, is genuinely a really great movie. So we'll see if that's just hype, or if that's true. But yeah, the rumblings around the Flash movie that's going to get released at some point are that that is legitimately a fantastic movie. And the implications, I think, of The Flash is going to reset the DC timeline and then open it up for James Gunn to go to his own versions of characters, which has me really excited for a variety of reasons, Um, you know, just because he's a good guy and I've liked all his stuff and Peacemaker was really good, all those standard things. But also, every time that he posts about Superman, so he's, he's writing a movie, I think it's called Superman Legacy. Man, between Superman and Hogwarts, there's a lot of legacies going on, but whatever. But every time he posts about it, the picture of Superman that he puts along with the Superman legacy, like on the tweet, is the cover of All-Star Superman. I'm like, yes. Ooh. If this is the angle that we're coming at, then we're I in good shape. for this, yeah. Because that's the best. I think everyone agrees. It seems to be consensus that that's like the best version of Superman that's that's been. It's so succinct and perfect, and that's exactly who it needs to be. It's got all the right traits. And, of course, as we know, I don't know, if Matt, if you're familiar with this cover, I know Adam is, but one of the things that they talked about when they were making that graphic novel, and in particular the cover, which is why I have, I'm have i so excited that they're using the cover, is that in, in a lot of the pictures of Superman, 
he's like Batman. He's trying to like look as big and tough and buff as possible. Like his chest is like, you know, the size of a fucking barrel. All those tropes. But he's Superman. He's invincible. Why would he need to look like that? And so consequently, the cover of All-Star Superman is him like sitting on a cloud looking at Metropolis. It's just very peaceful. That's how it should be. So if that's the mindset they're coming into this new movie with, like my hype is like through the fucking roof for that movie. So excited. Well, and the thing that I think I'm most hopeful about is that somebody said this. I don't remember where that I read it, but it was a really good point is that you can't, you can't do a good Superman until you've done a good Clark Kent. And Mm -hmm. we just haven't seen a lot of people even trying to do a good Clark Kent. Um, Yeah. And I have, I have faith based on what I've seen from the, the Guardians movies, at least, that James Gunn can do that. Like, character, little character moments seem to be a thing he's very good at. Yes, like exactly. The, yeah. the the fucking speech from the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is going to stay with me forever. Or not from the yeah. end of Guardians of the Galaxy, from the middle of Guardians of the Galaxy. The end of one is fine, but the one in the middle with um, Rocket and Yondu is like, that goes in my list of top ten best movie speeches ever. Yeah, and like Yondu, who is not even Peter's real biological father, although maybe that is why the Superman analogy is so perfect, but in all the movies that have been made, like maybe Tony and his dad, because they had so many movies to go over it, and then it culminates culminates in Endgame in a really beautiful moment. But like Superman has maybe the most famous like daddy issues of all comic books right like he's famously got the two of them and they're both like tugging on him in different directions it's kind of an important part of his character and so it's like hey let's get the guy who clearly did the best daddy work in guardians of the galaxy and let's put him on the superman movie not i mean he's the head of the fucking studio so he can put himself on it but yeah based off the bones of guardians it seems like it's going to make sense that he knows what he needs to know for superman and also i don't know if you guys have seen peacemaker yet it's really good it's, like, really good. And John Cena is a great actor? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> One of the nicest guys on the planet, apparently, according to literally everybody, and he's a good actor? That seems to be common in professional wrestlers. Like, they're just really good dudes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Batista... Batista also seems like a pretty good dude. He seems like a, he's a little yeah. pretentious because I think he takes himself more seriously than the other two because he had that quote a few months ago where he was like, I don't want to be someone like The Rock. I want to do real movies. It's like, whoa. Whoa. That's an actual <laughs> quote. You can look it up. It might oh not be God. word for word, but that was the uh, the gist of it. Anyway, okay, so let's go through. We covered Ant-Man. We talk, well, we're going to talk about Guardians next time. Shazam 2, D&D, Mario. Perfect. Uh, Matt, I think... Probably we had finished Fire Emblem last time, but there's been multiple DLCs that have come up since the last time we talked about Fire Emblem Engage. Have you tried the new DLC? I haven't, actually, which is surprising because for how hard I went on Fire Emblem. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of like Adam, just like put it down one day because I was just too busy and then just got on to other things and I haven't really gone back to it. Um, I'm, I'm sure I will at, at some point because I love that game. Um, but yeah, I haven't actually tried any of them yet. Yeah, um, I also did something similar. Like, I would pick it back up and, like, try whatever DLC came out when it came out. But now this last one is, like, the expansion or whatever. Like, it's the multiple other things. And, like, they released four new characters and something like that. I think it might actually be six new characters. 
Um, although not really, because you'll you'll see. Uh, but I don't know. I don't. I didn't enjoy it as much so far. I remember Kiana just straight up called it boring. I'm like, well, it can't be that bad. And like, she's more of a story person than a gameplay person, so I understand why Engage didn't grab her quite as much. But it's got a thing that that Fire Emblem does for sure, and other games do. I know, and I just can't think of a single example. But maybe you guys can. But when you load into the DLC, you go into the, like basically go through the quantum realm. And you end up in an alternate reality, <laughs> which is not uncommon for Fire Emblem. I my no, favorite it is not Fire Emblem yep, DLC yes. and Awakening also did that. Except in this time, you they just have you at like a set auto level, and then all your characters and like like you have everybody who you would have at that point. So if you do it at the end of the game, you'll have everybody up to the end of the game. If you do it in the middle of the game, you'll have everyone you have up to that point. You know what I mean? But everyone is at a, a, a set level. You actually don't level up in the matches. You level up in, or in the maps. You level up in between maps. So like their stats are always guaranteed to be the exact same. Also, everyone has a set amount of items. There's like no item customization, and you don't get to go back to a version of the Somniel in between. So it's like I respect. Basically, what I'm saying is, it's one of those DLCs where it like puts you in a situation. It's like okay, I know the purpose of the game is to customize your tools. We're not doing that here. Here's the tools that we're giving you. Here's the pieces. Can you solve the puzzle? Which I respect. And if you're a dying or a diehard strategy game fan, maybe that's the type of shit that you love. I'm not. I discovered quite quickly once I got in there that I was like, I think I like Fire Emblem more for being able to do it my way than being able to do it your way. So playing through it, I'm like, ugh. This is like I want to be able to use Chloe as a royal knight, but she's stuck as a griffin knight or something like that. So... Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's not a bad time, um, but if I had known what it was like, I probably wouldn't have bought the expansion pass or phrase like that, which is weird because, again, I also loved Engage so much. I didn't think yeah, they would love the Hearing DLC you so describe much. that, I think I'll probably give it a pass. I also don't really like the, like, here's what it is, figure it out. Like, I, I really like having my own stuff, even if my own stuff is, like, super suboptimal and weird. It's like, well, you know, I'm doing it this way. Like, Monster Hunter has always had that, too where there's like a whole set um, string of quests where it's like, instead of your own loadout, it's like, here, you can choose between these ones. It's like, no, I want my weird shit. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want, you know, like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably end up giving that one a pass. I've never been a fan of, of when games give you the sort of like the set, the set stuff. Um, I wasn't, like, I, I played the first, the first DLC wave, and I wasn't a big fan of that either. Like, I think the game in terms of like the emblems and extra characters and stuff like that is pretty well balanced the first time around and even just adding in the first set of stuff really kind of threw that off and i think it was honestly kind of a detriment to the game playing through with it again um and i think the more stuff they add in the more just like wildly out of balance it gets um i you know i mean I, i can't comment too much because i've only played the first set of dlc but like i can't see the new dlcs do anything except exacerbate the problem that the first dlc created and so honestly i think <laughs> probably the ideal way to play through the game is just to play the base game yeah it's interesting that it's like balanced but also not balanced in some senses so because like again we don't want to spoil it for adam but there are parts where you you get intentionally like depowered but those if you have like the nine things or whatever that come with the DLC, then it's like, well, suddenly this these couple D power chapters where it's like, hey, I've been stomping for ten chapters now, I'm gonna do five 
where I'm really struggling. Like that's a very interesting journey, but then if you have a bunch of backup plans because you had them in the DLC, suddenly it becomes less interesting. So I agree with what you're saying, but then also at the same time, you kind of have to play the most optimal way because the way they don't the way they they have skirmishes scale means it's basically impossible to bring up weaker characters. So, I mean, that's one of my favorite things in every fire emblem that I play is like I'll find somebody like uh, Adam will get this one. I'll find like a Rolf, right? Or someone who's like the internet would tell me is suboptimal, but I just kind of like the design. I'm like, nope, we're going to turn you into a monster. And that's how I like to play. So that doesn't work already. That's already at its toughest in Engage because the way they do the, the skirmishes and then the DLC just exacerbates that because now like my gut would be to turn to my classic guys but then if i look at the stats i'm like well maybe i in order to beat this do i just need since everyone's at the same level do i just need to go with the generically like better fighters even though they're not the characters that i particularly like like that's disappointing yeah and at least from the first wave like actually i did play a little bit of the second one now that i'm remembering um the new people that they bring in are kind of just generically very strong um and like you know a lot of the fun was matching up your characters with the different emblems and you know there wasn't a whole lot of actual character work going on between them but you sort of got to know all the emblems and you know this person's good at this this person's good at this that'll help my healer for this you know etc and then you know and then there were just a couple sort of generic ones that were a little bit forgettable but most of the new ones coming in are kind of generic and then so you lose that sort of like mix and match like oh this person goes well with that person that person goes well with this person it's just like well this guy is just so generically good i'll just throw him on whoever and it doesn't even matter and you don't have to you know worry about like uh you know who goes who who goes well with with who else which was a lot of the fun for me to be honest so that was a little disappointing Mm -hmm. i will say for especially for people like adam who have a fondness for uh the radiant series which dear god please just remake them like there's no reason not to you brought soren back is that the writing for soren and ike is outstanding. Micaiah, I think they forgot Micaiah's character traits because she just ends up being like a generically <laughs> kind-hearted like healing girl. And like yeah. she fits into that role. And she was like kind of that in the main games too, but she was also like a little bit uh terroristy might be too far. But yeah. what what are, yeah. what are the names of the bad like the flag snatchers, the flag crashers, flag breakers from Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Do you guys yeah. remember that? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Like she's kind of got that get energy. Morgenthau into fighting. Yeah, exactly. Like she's a she's a freedom fighter who's kind of willing to do what she needs to to get her her country free. Like that's also a key character trait, and that is very much at odds frequently with just the generically nice healer person. Um, but Ike and Soren they've nailed, and I would encourage even if you don't play the game, Adam, go and just find video compilations of Ike and Soren sassing the cast from Fire Emblem Engage <laughs> because they're all written to be so extra. Like they're all so one hundred and twenty percent. That would you have sword be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I just need to get out of this conversation. It's really, really outstanding. Uh, so, yeah, they nailed him. Okay. Uh, let's, I do have uh, Pokemon questions, but I do want to throw two things. One, because I don't think we've heard from Adam in a while and he picked up a new game. And also because I started playing a game that I've been aware of for a long time. Uh, you know, I'll just start there because I'm going to get too excited and not want to talk about it. I finally played the Spyro remasters, Adam. I think Finally. I feel like that's how long it's been since we recorded last is that I'm now in like 
a third of the way halfway through Year of the Dragon. And uh, we started, I guess, after our last recording. And we've been playing like, you know, a couple hours a week on Wednesdays or on the weekends or whatever. Um, yeah, these games hold up tremendously. There's, I've discovered so many fun Spyro facts about like the... Um, the composer is Stuart Copeland of uh, the police fame. And apparently there are a lot of stuff in Spyro that they either was new technology back then or they uh, didn't have the technology, but now they put it into the remaster. So like Stuart Copeland wanted the music to change depending on what you were doing, but they didn't have the capacity on the PS1. So now they do. Oh, if you're cool. If you're just walking around, the music will be lower intensity. And then if you start sprinting or getting into combat then the music will ramp up in intensity, which is something that he wanted to do apparently 23 years ago. The first one came out in the 90s, which is frightening, and they didn't have the technology for it. Uh, whatever voice actors they could get to come back, they did. Uh, there were a couple that they had to get fresh, but Tom Kenny, who voiced Spyro, I didn't even realize that, by the way, that it was fucking SpongeBob who voiced Spyro in 2 and 3. He comes back and he does all three, but re-records all of his lines. So he said in an interview that, like, he had to put himself back into his headspace 20 years ago because he he wouldn't do the line the same way, but he had to, you know, try and do his best cover act of himself, which was interesting. And then even stuff like I this is something I didn't realize. Um, I'm blanking on his name. I know his first name is Mark, but he's one of like the head guys of uh, of Sony. We we all saw him I think a couple of years ago when he did like the tech breakdown of the PS5. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Mark Cerny, that's his name. So he threw the gauntlet at these people, the Insomniac people, who are also the Spider-Man people, right? Great company, Insomniac, yeah. to come up with a game where uh, the enemies interact with the player. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it's like, yeah, before Spyro, enemies would be doing their own thing. Spyro the Dragon was the first one where enemies would inter like target you, notice what you're doing, and engage you. Before that, it was just like Mario-type stuff where it's like they're doing their little circle and then you interact with them. And that blew my damn... I'm like, what? Spyro? The little dragon that could? I did not Tur fucking know that. That's yeah, it, it turns out it's not just a really great game. It's also, like, groundbreaking in a ton, a ton, a ton of technical ways. In a very impressive way. And the remake is... There's a couple things that drive me absolutely nuts, like the camera and boss fights. But the remake is Dynamite and Matt. I've told this to you before, but I'm going to say it to you, solidified on air. Mm-hmm. If you need games for a non-gamer to bring them up to speed on controls, these games are perfect. And they're so adorable. And they grow. Like, the first one is actually really good. And then you can see the new things they tried in the second one. And the third one's bonkers. Adam, they made Year of the Dragon in 10 months. 10 months! What? what? It's crazy! It's got more stuff in it than most games that take five years. I know. It's weird saying to Kiana when we started that I'm like, there's a skate park in this game that I'm going to spend like a lot of time in. And she's like, what are you talking about? This is a dragon game. I'm like, I know, but there's, there's a, skate a, park a skate park that I'm going to like, I've <laughs> lost a lot of hours. So it's just, I mean, for me in particular, it's really fun, obviously, because I have the memories from before. So every time we go into a Neri, I'm like, Fuck. Like, I'm going to remember the Y-I-I-Yum guys. Or, like, this guy's going to get crushed by a Yeti. Or... <laughs> yes. So having all these wonderful moments. But, yeah, it's just beautiful. It's wonderful. It's playable on Switch. And, actually, it's funny. Uh, Kiana had said we were playing Scarlet Vibe. She's like, these games don't look that bad, do they? And then we, we were, like, in the middle of playing the third Spyro game. I'm like, so we can agree that, like, 
they do look that bad, right? In comparison <laughs> to this, like this game looks amazing and it's on the same console. So yeah, full full 10 out of 10 for the nostalgia power of, of Spyro. If it was like 60 to 80 bucks, I don't think I would, but I think it's only 30. Like it's it's so great and it's so wonderful and uh, wholesome. And it's so and, funny. Yeah. And it's funny. So yeah, it's a deeply funny. funny game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, weirdly hockey-obsessed. Like, there's a lot of hockey references yeah, in that right. game. there's a lot of hockey. Well, one of the things I like is that Spyro is, like, uh, when you're a lot of the times when you're playing as a kid, they don't really act like a kid. But Spyro is, like, like when Hunter falls in love, Spyro's reaction is, like, another noble warrior falls victim to the plague of love. Just look away. <laughs> it's like, yes. It's like, yes, you are an actual child responding to that correctly. Yeah, this would be uncomfortable for you to be seeing your now friend who's gone through puberty acting yeah. like it. Yeah. Anyway, that's just great. Uh, Adam, but you're playing Persona. And Matt, you've also played Persona, right? I have, yeah. Yeah, so I tried it for like five minutes and I couldn't get into it. But I want to hear I want to hear a sales pitch from the two of you. Assuming that's Adam's reaction to it. Uh, it is not. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm basically in your boat. I, I've... I've played like two or three hours of Persona 5 Golden and a lot of the bones of it I quite like, but it is very anime. Like, mm. holy cow is it stylized and I'm still, I haven't, I haven't sunk into it. Like the, the user interface is fucking ugly. Um, and it's, it's so hard to navigate, but like, I, I've only seen, like, a shred of the story, but I like it. And the characters are fine. Um, the dialogue kind of goes on a bit, but whatever. That's the nature of these games. Um, but I like the, the combat. The combat's fairly simple. It's got a few bells and whistles, but that's fine. It's got a basic, you know, weaknesses, resistances, elemental system, sure. And the, the concept of the persona that you learn it's kind of it's almost like a pokemon kind of thing which is again i have no complaints with that it's just i have to wrap my brain around the visuals because it's so ugly it's just <laughs> and not like it's bad quality animation the animation is fine it's just the screen is you know how in ghost of tsushima there's nothing well this is there's everything nothing oh, wow. is done Nothing is done simply that can't be done in a garish color scheme that makes it really difficult to read. Whoa. Oh, it my is... God. I'm Googling it, and that is something. But I feel like yeah. something about this reminds me of Ruby. So does it resonate with you, Matt? Is it like the same genre <laughs> of anime as Ruby, and they, it works for you? It kind of does. It really works for me, actually. Um, I will say, I think if you're just looking up a picture, um, it works much better better in the game than it looks like it would from a picture um i i actually i honestly i love the like whole presentation of this game um it is like purposely garish and very in your face but i think that actually functions really well and works with the game um like i i love the music the <clears throat> the battle gameplay like i said like you know there's a couple little twists and things that that make it interesting but it's nothing you know super insane or original um, but it just has such a, like, just a fun, like, energetic, impactful feel. 
um, that like even when you're just doing very basic battles, which is basically just like attack, 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 it's still super fun. Um, I really like the sort of um, uh, I can't think of the word of the genre, but the like life sim, for lack of a better word. I don't know if that's mm. really quite right. Um, aspect where there's just like you know you get home from school and there's like 75 different things you could go do to like you know level up your different stats some of them are just you press a thing on a menu and it tells you that your person went there sometimes it's a mini game for whatever reason like that's always really worked for me um and there's a lot of that uh in this um it's basically goes back and forth between that and like dungeon crawler hmm. wait um, there is and- okay i guess i haven't gotten to that part then Oh, okay. Get uh, so I, when I when I get out of the the dungeon area, I have like nothing to do. Okay. It they add them very slowly, and they keep adding stuff for a very long time, um, which is actually sort of causes one of my criticisms of the game, which is that it it's even though there like I said there's like seventy five different options of all these things you can do, but for the a good chunk of the game they keep introducing things so it's like oh now there's this new thing so we're going to take you and do that and it's great that there's so many things but there's so many new things that you have to do every time they're new that like it really kind of just pushes you down a hallway of things to do for a, a large chunk of the game hmm. um, and when you have the opportunities for it to open up it opens up super wide but then like shuts down super narrow again as soon as there's a new thing that you have to do um and like by the time you get to the end of the game, there's an insane amount of stuff to do. But the game is so long; you'll be you'll be in it like forty or fifty hours, and it's still like, hey, here's this new thing you can go do after school that it's forcing you to do. Um, so there's a ton of stuff to do, but also it, in certain aspects, there's like really not a lot of choice. Um, which you're like, oh man, I want to go level up this thing, but it's like, no, there's a new thing you have to go do, and it's like, ah, oh, fine. Um, but yeah, I. Yeah, the presentation is not for everyone. It really works for me. Um, for me, it's just like a very sort of an energetic, just sort of like poppy, feel good ride. Hmm. There and you go. It, like, there... And again, yeah. it's worth illustrating. The story is good. Yeah, the story like, and the characters, I think, are very good. Yeah, the framing device is fun. I like the whole interrogation thing, and like this is all taking place in the past, and like the the weirdness of the the nature of the story doesn't bother me at all like like there's a good thing here it's just it kind of reminds me of of the witcher 3 in that i i could totally get into this if the way i was being forced to interact with it wasn't so goddamn painful hmm. and in the witcher of course it's not that it was ugly it's that the combat is horrible I knew you were gonna um, hype up the combat. This that's a you problem. For, yeah, for for the majority of people, the combat is just fine, and it's and everything else is so good that it that it lifts it up. But I, I will not allow this Witcher slander to occur on this podcast. Adam, come on, come on. It's been almost Look, ten years the since people, Witcher 3 The came people out. have to tick the bingo card, okay? The people need to take one the of the items card. on there is me complaining about the Witcher 3's card. I mean, are you guys having this? I, this is a, like a specifically game problem. I'm going to throw at you before we move on to our Pokemon trivia. Or there actually is one Matt reminded me of another topic, but just because of the pandemic, I feel like the years 2020 to 2023 didn't really occur. So like this happened to me just the other day. I'm Red Dead. I'm 90% sure Red Dead one. And by that, I mean like Red Dead three, but you know what I mean? The Rockstar one came out in 2010. Yeah. 
And then the second one came out forever after that. Oh my God, so long between Red Dead 1 and 2. 2018. Oh, so long that was between it like it just seemed like it was crazy like red did came out and it existed forever and then out of the nowhere it's like you're making another one like that's crazy it's been so long wait a second it's been five years we're over halfway to another so long between red <laughs> did what the fuck just happened except for gta gta 6 we've been waiting. like there are people there are kids who will play gta who will be able to understand it who weren't alive when gta 5 came out so like I don't know. Maybe it's like time is collapsing or as we approach our 30s or in our 30s as a couple of us are, everything just gets a little bit wacky. But do you guys have any of these moments too where you're just like, man, like it feels like they've been making the new Dragon Age for so long. And wait a second. Next year will be the 10 year since Dragon Age Inquisition came out. Jesus. 10 years. What the fuck? It feels like it's been like kind of a long time, but like not that big of a 10 years. Is it just me going through this temporal problem? No, I'm, no, I'm definitely no, feeling no. that too. <laughs> it is not like just I, you. I, I, I had this almost this exact conversation with someone like a week ago, and I don't remember what the example was, but it's just like, oh yeah, that thing. That's like that. That's the new one. And it's like, what do you mean they're already making another one? I wish I could remember what it was, but the quote unquote new one came out. Yeah, in 2018 or 2019, and it's like the new one just got announced so it's going to be like five or six years in between them that's perfectly reasonable you're just losing all sense of time <laughs> like I the mean, pandemic does weird things for time plus yeah like games in general moving to board towards like live service and like longer times between them anyway just because they take longer to make so like the yeah the sense of of time is just non-existent yeah like it's been i mean another game that came out in 2018 right like famously was spider-man another insomniac game but insomniac spider-man and, like, I would love another one, and the next one is coming out this year. But some people are like, man, it's been so long. It's been, like, five years between games. I'm like, man, boy, it didn't really feel like it. <laughs> like, it, maybe when you're yeah. older, like, just years breeze by so quickly. But I'm like, oh, yeah, if they're still working on it, they're still working on it, I guess. Yeah, and getting older, I'm sure, is part of it. We just have sort of less time for that kind of thing, too. So you can't get to everything that you want to. So, like games that still feel brand new it's like the sequels are coming out and it's like what the, like you know even though the thing's three or four years old you just never got a chance to get around to it so it, like you haven't experienced it yet so it's still in your head as new when it's yeah. it's really not yeah so uh you said something that reminded me of it matt i don't think this is what you meant by it but you said life simulation and i want to give mm -hmm. all the sims people out there some goodish news because i haven't talked about the sims lately speaking of things that came out like almost 10 years ago i think the sims 4 right that's what we're on the sims 4 came out yep. in like 2014 yeah, 2015 yeah so it's been almost like a decade with the sims 4 4 point like 99 yeah exactly and i'm like occasionally i'll occasionally revisit it like i'm prone to binging the sims every once in a while um but like similar to how the Sims is the Sims fandom, even though there's like basically a zero crossover, it's essentially just me in the Venn diagram, is so similar to the EA Sports diagram of people who have think that basically for the last ten years, EA has just been shitting the bed and making you pay too much for not enough content and it's terrible. And what we all hope with the sports franchises is that someone will rise up and they'll make it. Now, of course, with like a competition. And then maybe make EA get to kick in the ass and then make them actually try again, right? That makes sense why they can't do it with sports because you're not just going to have some indie company come up and um, get the license, the license to the NHL probably. Them, yeah. But there's no reason they can't do it with life simulations. And a couple of years ago, like I've been following this 
game for a while. This game called Paralives popped onto my in my circle. I probably saw it on like uh, the Reddit page or something. And so it's from like this French indie company, really interesting, really customizable. But who knows when it's going to come out? It's been like Patreon for forever. And so I don't know when that's going to come out. But if people are out there are listening, um, first of all, hello. And uh, if you're interested in the same, let's check out Paralive because that's going to be coming out. But here's the good news. They just it, A trailer just came out like a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, for a game called Life by You, which is uh, from Paradox Interactive. It's being produced by Par- or published by Paradox and um, produced by their own in-house developer. Apparently, like the head designer on The Sims 2 and 3 or something like that, Something like I'm I'm kind of blurring the lines, but some part of this story is true. Left and became like the CEO of Paradox. So like this is a guy who actually knows his shit. Paradox is a legit like AAA developer. Like if you want to know what Paradox have done, like they they're the guys behind City Skylines, um, Stellaris, like all those indie games, not indie games, but all those like once maybe AA right games that we mm-hmm. see on steam like they're behind a ton of them age of wonders surviving mars which adam and i are a big fan of prison architect like they've done a lot of this simulation type stuff that is their bread and butter so clearly they're up i mean they're not as big as ea few are but if they're coming up with a game that's taken a major swing at ea and they're going for it uh like mad respect for them because it would be very nice uh, as someone who's in multiple fandoms that are getting just slowly choked out by EA. It's nice to see someone rise up and be like, you know what? Fuck you. Here's some competition. So maybe that'll inspire one of the sports franchises for the same thing to happen. I don't know. Although we already know that it happened in baseball because Super Mega Baseball is the best baseball game. <laughs> also, apparently MLB The Show, the like 23, is actually what people have been wanting in terms of like a step forward. But so not EA, right? Like that's, that's not EA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I, I was actually, <laughs> I was thinking the other EA. day, it's like, it's pretty good. Apparently, uh, WWE 2K23 is also like a big step forward and like people are really happy about it. And then the show, and it's like, oh man, that's great. Sports games are getting it together. It's not EA Sports. That's why. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the ones but yeah, that like, are I mean, par- Yeah, but I'd be super glad to see someone take a swing at the same. I mean, Paradox already fully took over and eclipsed sim city um with, yes uh, city skylines yes yeah. which is getting a sequel this year um as like the main city builder game so like yeah go for it with the sims like for me the sims peaked at sims 2 and it's been all downhill from there and it's just such a frustrating game to play now so like mm-hmm. please someone else take a swing at it i wonder if like this guy wasn't really burned by ea and so he was like i will destroy everything you all dare like i'm gonna come for <laughs> sim city and then you're right like i mean sim city 2013 is fine but they're not making another one i think it's pretty clear that city skylines won over the yeah, space the last one bombed pretty hard yeah so we'll see what they can do with uh with this one just exciting to see competition in a place where there's been a monopoly for the last like forever but then if I was these paralyzed guys, I would probably be sweating because it's like, man, that was their greatest marketing scheme was the fact that they were like the David versus the Goliath of well, EA. We're going to be the not Sims. You can't also be the not Sims. <laughs> yeah. But now there's going to be more competition. It's like that meme of like Godzilla versus King Kong and then the Doge comes in there to bonk both of them. Let that's them uh, that, that's Paradox. Paradox, the third one coming in. That's like, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck up you both. Okay. You guys want some Pokemon trivia? Let's do it. Uh, Speaking yeah. of time escaping, time escaped on me a little bit. I have oh some <laughs> yeah. 
some variations on them, so I don't know how many I'm going to ask you. This first one, I couldn't think of a way to make it into a question. Uh, it's just a fun fact. Did you know, to let to wet your palate, right? That's wet your whistle, whatever you want to say, uh, that Mel, Mel Tan, right, the pre-evolution of Mel Metal, uh, cannot, isn't compatible with Eviolite because it can't evolve in the main series. I did not know that. Hmm. I did not know yeah. that. There you go. So if you somehow get Is that. Is not knowing it the correct answer? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just. I a, mean, a... I, f- I feel like I know how you could have phrased that as a question. Well, yeah, I guess, but I wouldn't. I've, I feel like the other ones are even better. Uh, so the first one, these are uh, the first two are kind of starter related, which I know you guys are a big fan. What these three Pokemon? Feel free to write them down if you want. They have something in common, and only these three. Okay. okay. And by and by that I mean only these three in the context of the starters. Uh, okay. Blastoise, Septile, and Embor. So they have something in common that none of the other starters do. Yeah, they they have. I mean, that's I guess that way. To, maybe I phrased it poorly, but yeah, those three have something unique in common. Yeah. Okay, but unique in common as opposed to the other starters, or as opposed to all other Pokemon ever. The the thing that they have unique in common is about is is that in is their relation to the to other starters. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it wouldn't make sense in the context of the other Pokemon. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Blastoise. And I'll even give you a further hint, so we're not here for forever. In that the thing that they have in common is related, is in relation to the other starters of their generations. Okay, so that's actually just okay. that might actually make it way too Blastoise easy. Blastoise with Charizard and Venusaur. Mm-hmm. And then Sceptile with oh god, I've kind of messed uh, this I up. think Marshstomp. Yep. Yeah. Blaziken. Marsh and then Embor is, I believe, Snivy and no, no, no. Snivy oh. and so, uh, Samurai. Right. Yeah. Samurai. And then okay, so yeah, Septa so was Blaziken and Swampert. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so you're saying they they have a thing that sets them apart from the other two of their generation and the other generations don't have one that stands out that way correct okay is it something stupid like they have an e in their name no okay (laughs) i've been running through things and yeah yeah it's just kind of like is is it a spelling thing (laughs) it's not Um, much smarter than that but it is smarter than that okay does it okay does it have something to do with their design no like okay so it's not visual I think we kind of have to 20 questions this, these sort of things, or it's just yeah. going to be a little Is it to do out. with their stats? Nope. Okay, that was the next place I was Is it to do with their typing? Yes. Okay. Oh, they're the single... T- oh, no, they're not... Uh, bla- uh, Embor's not a single type. type. No. No. That's, that was but, my first thought, too. But who... What, what are the other two types of Embor's generation? Oh, but the others are. Yes. They're, they're the they're, odd ones oh, out. Yeah, they're the odd ones out. Yeah. Everyone else either gets two types or... Yes. There you go. You've got it. Okay. Okay. There we go. Okay. We got that one. Good work. That wasn't too bad. Okay. I might... Because this third one is so friggin' tough, I might save this other one as more of a discussion point. Um, Okay. Uh, In fact, that's exactly what I'll do because we're already at like an hour 30. So we'll go until you guys get frustrated with this question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To write anything down. uh, I mean, I don't think so. 
but be prepared. So everyone okay. talks about the types that haven't been used before, right? Like Scarlet and Violet um, used a couple types that haven't been used before, like Grass Fire, for example. And props to them. There are still a few remaining. This question is not about those types. What it is about is it's been 20 years since Ruby and Sapphire came out. Jeez. And excluding uh, Megas and other forms, uh, is that the, yeah, this excludes Megas and similar forms since those are not base forms and not accessible for the foreseeable future. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So excluding all those type of things, uh, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 type combinations that haven't been seen since Ruby and Sapphire. So they were there. They exist, but they haven't gone back to that well. I wonder how many of them you guys can come up with. Ooh, okay, okay, so to be clear, these are type combinations present on a Pokemon released in Ruby and Sapphire. Yes, that have not been used since. That have since. not come back since. Okay. And it excludes am... Mega Evolutions or other similar yeah, forms. Just the base form. Pokemon type chart. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, the first okay. one that comes to my mind is Breloom, Grass Fighting. Uh, I think we have another one. Grass fighting, not on this list. Oh, no, oh, no. Um, is grass fighting. And um, so is um we we have a starter. Chestnut? Yeah. yeah. Chestnut. That's oh, the one. Yeah, right. Um Okay. I might be wrong about Sawsbuck, actually. And for what it's worth, a couple of these things, just looking at them, are not unique to generation three. They just they haven't yeah, they just done haven't it again. Come back since then. Yes. Oh, so they could have been in one and two as well, is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Okay. Alright, that's actually a good point. Um, um uh, oh uh another grass one um shiftry grass dark grass dark uh grass dark not on this list fuck oh, grass okay. dark types i mean i guess okay, the what are some of the weird yeah. ones wasn't there like a yeah wasn't a couple of those like new guys like the four horsemen or whatever wasn't one of them like a grass dark uh oh, yeah. my head he yeah. was grass Z ghost uh, but he Zarud. might have been grass dark zarud is grass dark yeah yeah so okay. root is, but also the snail from Scarlet is grass dark, and also the dark version of uh, the um, the ancient version of the mushroom Pokemon that has spore. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm super. Oh, wrong. Uh, <laughs> Amungus, the ancient. Yeah. Amungus. Yeah. Brute I don't know something. its actual name, but yeah, whatever. Um, okay. Let's. Oh man. Okay. Ruby Sapphire was Gen. And if people three, tune out at this point, three, I'm totally okay with that. Well, I mean, I respect it. it. Like is, I said, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Game Over or uh, Nerds of the North podcast. We'll see you next week. But if you're in here with us, it, great. Yeah. If we if we can't get these, I want you to list them and then see if we can remember who they were. Sure. Yeah. I'll give you another, um, let's say, 90 seconds. Okay. To come up with um, even one. Think, thinking oh, back really hard um, to Pokemon XD. Um, uh, Sigilyph, Flying Psychic. Flying Psychic? Not on this list. I think Sigilyph is, is from Gen it's, Am I, yeah, I, I the wrong not, Gen? Yeah, I think it's okay. black and white. Okay. Correct. Okay, yeah. All right. I'm not great at picking Pokemon out of their generation. Um, no, we discovered that Matt's a freak at that. <laughs> yes, Matt is, Matt is unquestionably the better one of us than that. Um, um, I'm trying to think of weird... What, um, oh, no. How about... Carvana, Water Dark? I feel like that has to have been used. Water Dark. Not on this list. Okay. Oh, the, I guess the Samurott, Samurott's 
yeah. new form is Water Dark. Yeah. And Greninja mm. can be. Greninja is. Okay. Oh, third. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we don't have fairies. That's actually also good to know because we're in third gen. Mm-hmm. So there's no yeah. fairy. Um. I mean, they did list a fairy type that has been retconned onto the generation one to three, but oh. it also hasn't been seen um, since then. So I'll give you a point for that because you're clearly wrapping around to normal fairy. Yeah, normal yeah, we fairy. haven't had a new normal fairy type, right? They got retconned. Okay, yeah, they yeah the Wigglytuff line is is normal. But fairy. they haven't gone back to that well. Mm. Um, was there another? I just had one. Um, uh, is Agron that generation? Have we had another Steel Rock since? Uh, Rock is not listed, so we must. have. So there's no. Okay, that's that's mm. a clue. There's no Sorry, there's, Rock types. That one is not listed. Other rocks are on oh. there. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Oh, uh, what about um, Dragon Ground for Flygon? Oh, very good. Okay. Oh, no, Garchomp. Ah, shoot, yeah. Yeah. They did it immediately. immediately. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now we've had one of those. I I keep Uh, trying to think of, like, the weirder typings, but, like, there's got to at least be a couple that you'd be surprised they hadn't gone back to because they don't seem that strange. See, I'm almost, like, I'm almost at the point where, like, I feel I could pull up a list of Gen 3 Pokemon, and this would still be hard. (laughs) Because yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to look through them and go, okay, which of those types have we never seen again? I mean, take basic. Uh, think uh, some the, one of the starters is on here. You guys don't even need to get this complicated. Oh, really? One of the Fuck starters. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not firefighting. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Gen three starter was shit. Now I'm blanking. Um, that's oh wait, no, that's not a starter. What am I talking about? Oh, okay. Never mind. okay I was, I was, I was thinking Marsh Tomp, but, but no, the water ground they've used again. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, hurt. I thought of one and just lost it. Um, what about the types of the uh, fossils? Uh, what are the fossils from Gen 3? Yeah. Okay, first gen is Kabuto and Ammonite. Second gen is... Shit, Adam! Don't think of it. You're gonna give away what I'm. What I totally should do next week for the. <laughs> I don't think second gen has its own fossils. Don't no, I don't think they do. Third gen is Armaldo and Rock oh, Arkin, Rock Arkin, Rock Flying. No, no, that's okay. also that's Gen oh. Four. Oh, uh, Rock Grass. It's Cradilly. Cradilly. There you uh, go. Yeah, Your first like real one. one to me. Yes, Cradilly Rock okay. Grass is unique. We got one. Jesus. All right. Well, how about Armaldo? Uh, Rock bug? No, not uh, not on the list. I'm just trusting that this list is accurate. I don't have the Pokemon that that make an exception. The candy. Oh, so you don't actually know who they are? No, they like what's on here is just a list of the types. I don't have which Pokemon are in those types. But let me, if you guys want to join the activity, I'm going to give you a, a. uh, an audio clue for another one. Yeah. Oh, I remembered the other one I was thinking of. Um, Mawile? Steel, steel Fairy? Is Mawile Steel Fairy or is it just Steel? I think it's Steel it's Fairy. Steel, it's Steel Fairy I think it got now. retconned. I mean, there must be another Steel Fairy because it's not on here. Uh, oh, no. no oh, Klefki. That's Klefki. Steel, Psych- steel Psychic. Yeah, yeah Klefki. There you go. Uh, yeah. Okay, where's the activity? Oh, okay. I, uh, I think I'm really good at figuring out why I'm wrong right after I'm wrong. Join the activity, Matt. Maybe this will help you out. Okay. 
Mirror B. I'll give you the biggest clue possible. Ludicolo? Water grass Grass? has been used. Yes. Ludicolo, well done. I'm just going to keep this music on because this is a bop. Yeah, it's a bop. We'll keep doing it. This has to spur us on to victory, right? It will. Adam, I'll I'll just start giving you direct hints at them and make you feel shame. Uh, Adam, uh, what's your favorite legendary Pokemon? Uh, Articuno. Oh, so ice can, can you name another ice fly type? No, I can't. That's on the list. Ice uh, flying. The next one you may not have noticed because it feels like they're so prevalent. Because anytime you walk into a cave, you wander into one of these Pokemon. Did you got poison Rock flying. Rain? Poison flying yeah, hasn't been seen. Oh, well done. Okay. Next this up, uh, energy is getting me. It's working for you. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so our first ghost is a great type. Our first ghost types couldn't be mono ghost, ghost though; would have been too powerful. But yeah, they haven't gone back to that well. Ghost wow. poison hasn't yeah. been used again. Mm-hmm. Now let's think back to the gym leaders of Generation Three. There's a particularly tough one. Uh, oh man, I really Jasmine? don't remember them very well. She was annoying. Yes, yeah, there. Steel ground. There was a there's uh, a double battle that was particularly tough. Oh, Tate and Liza? Rock Psychic? Yeah. Rock Psychic hasn't been used again. Yeah, Tate and Liza were tough. Same thing for they weren't rock type, but what's the uh Beldum? Not Beldum, uh Oh, Steel one that Psychic floats. Metagross? No, no. Steel Psychic? No, no, no. Not oh Metagross. no, not Metagross. You mean uh, uh It's in fucking Pokemon Unite. <laughs> Right. Uh, it floats. It like I I can think of the name of it. Claydol. Oh, oh, you mean Claydol? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ground, ground psychic. Oh, yeah. actually, while we're at the psychics, what about fighting psychic from Metacham? Uh, not on this list. So it must be somewhere else. There are more psychics. Uh, Galade, Galade, and Gardevoir. Oh, yeah. 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 Or sorry, just Galade, not Gardevoir. But um. Uh, okay. How many have we got? Uh, like probably like five or six. What were the legendaries of that generation? Three, uh, Rayquaza, Dragon Flying. Have we really not gone back to that? Uh, keep going. Oh, okay. Uh, Rayquaza, Groudon, Kyogre. Obviously those three, but there were other ones. Latios and Latias, Dragon Psychic. Hasn't been used again. No. What about uh, the Pokemon too, right? But they're all pure. Yeah, they're, they're all, all pure. Monotype. Yeah. There was a, a Pokemon so weird that they haven't gone back to either this type or this uh, evolution method again, or this ability hasn't been given to anyone else since. Oh, Shedinja, Bug Ghost. Bug Ghost. Oh yeah, yeah. Hasn't been done. Okay, we're wrapping around to the end of them. Uh, what other clues can I give? There are more psychic ones. Actually, there's uh, two more. Uh, well, I just we gave one away. Ice psychic since Jinx. Sorry, uh, the next second one was Rock psychic, but we had seen that. Um, okay. There is another Rock though. Oh. Maybe not. Uh, no, that that guy was way newer than that. Um, this guy would be more associated no with Generation Two. Okay. Rock fire. Uh, but no, we've had uh, the what the the volcano dude, not the volcanium, but the 
I can't remember his name. Hold on. But there's Stay on that. Seven. Stay in that volcano mode, though. Oh. Because that's another one. Oh, Volcania oh. Fire Water? Oh. No, um, no, 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 no. Uh, but who is the volcano fire guy from ground. Generation? Fire oh, ground. Camera up. Fire. Camera yeah, up. Camera up. Fire ground. Very good. Hasn't been seen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then I think the last one. So we have rock grass. We already said that one. Water yeah. grass. We said. Right. That's the music. Way. Ice flying. Poison flying. Ghost poison. Ground psychic. We talked about. Fire ground. We just talked about. This one that I'm. You guys are struggling to get to is dark rock. Tyranitar is typing. Hasn't been seen since oh, Gen wow. three. Uh, Psychic Rock, we already talked about with the twins, Tate and Liza. Uh, Shedinja, Bug Ghost, Dragon, Psychic, Lattes, and Normal Fairy. Okay, so that's all of them. Well, Isn't it crazy? Know. Those are some, like, those, yeah. some of those are good typings. Yeah. yeah. Like, not that weird, either. You don't have to go all that obscure for some of those. Yeah. No, yeah. Very bizarre. They've never done, like, another bat. I guess they feel like they just nailed it with the zoo bat line. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever. Or Ice Flying? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's like a weak defensively, but like, you never just had like an ice type that flew? Like, whatever. Okay, sure. Yeah. You do you, Pokemon. Anyway, that'll be it. Uh, we're almost two hours in. So, everyone <laughs> out there, thank you for listening. For yeah, I really, ha- if you um, got this far, please message me Banana Hammock on Facebook so I know that you actually got this far, <laughs> and then you'll win. Nothing except our admiration. Uh, you'll win 100% of the profits from this podcast. <laughs> you can have them all. But anyway, uh, everyone out there, have a great week. Have a safe week. And we'll see you next time, probably with the Guardians review. <laughs>